You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ and others, and grows together in faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on the third Sunday of Easter, April 18, 2021, by the Reverend Lex Breckenridge, Rector at St. Thomas. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Christ. Jesus himself stood among the disciples and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, Why are you frightened and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy they were disbelieving and still wondering, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate in their presence. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses to these things. The Gospel of the Lord. During the last year or so, have you ever had the feeling of being disembodied? Only seeing friends and loved ones on Zoom or live stream, staying socially distanced, masks, making familiar faces unrecognizable. There have been sure times when I've felt disembodied, times when I've longed for physical connection, times when I've longed to see smiles and laughter, times when I've longed to see what's going on behind the mask. Because Zani and I have both been fully vaccinated, over the last month we've been able to travel to New Orleans and Austin to visit our children and grandchildren. I hadn't seen these darlings in well over a year, and I got to hold my newest grandson, Baby Jules, seven months old for the first time. It brought me to tears. We are physical beings. Touch is central to the way we understand ourselves. It's certainly one of the reasons this pandemic year has been so disorienting. But you know, too often we forget our physicality. Too often we live in our heads and forget about the rest of us. When I was a high school chaplain, I'd often ask my ninth grade students to draw themselves as stick figures. It was amazing how often they drew what looked like a bowling ball with little sticks for arms and legs. 
Even at that young age, they were imagining themselves as all head and brains and not much body. Touch me and see, we hear the resurrected Jesus say to his friends this morning. They think they're seeing a ghost. They think they're seeing something disembodied. When Jesus shows them his wounds, it's not just so they can see who he really is. Look, I'm the one who you saw crucified. It's his way of showing his physicality. Look, I'm a human being, not some disembodied spirit. You know, to completely understand the Easter story, we have to dial all the way back to the Christmas story. You remember how John's gospel begins with that third creation story. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. The Word became embodied and dwelt among us. And then John goes on to say, no one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. God chooses to come into the world. God chooses to become embodied as a crying baby born to a poor couple in an obscure part of the Roman Empire 2,000 years ago. That baby grows to manhood in a relatively normal way until he reaches the age of 30 and begins his life's work. He's a human being, real, live, living, and breathing human being who has longings and desires, who laughs and who cries, who experiences joy and experiences the most profound suffering. He's not an ethereal spirit. He is embodied fully. Lots of takeaways from this, that God came into the world to us in a body. One is that the physical world that we inhabit is good. Just like God said in that first creation story in Genesis. You remember after, after every day in creation, God looked at what God had done that day and said, it is good. And then on that last day when God creates the first human beings, God looks at those human beings and says, and it was very good. God is in the midst of all creation, including being in the midst of the messiness of human life. Now, another takeaway from this story is the mystery of the resurrection. Now, it's an event in time and space that's also way outside of our experience of what normally happens in time and space. So who can blame us? And who can blame Jesus' friends for doubting? We're told, while in their joy, they were still disbelieving and still wondering. Doesn't that describe you too? It sure describes me. All at the same time in this resurrection moment, we hold joy and disbelief and wondering all together. And there in the midst of all of that, what does Jesus say? I'm hungry. Got a snack? And the, in their stunned surprise, they give him a slice of broiled fish and then watch him eat. With very wide eyes, I'm sure, astonishing. 
And we are astonished too. But our joy and our disbelief and our wondering and our astonishment are really just the beginning of the story. You know, Jesus has some work for these astonished friends to do. For starters, it's feed the hungry person that's right in front of you. Got anything to eat? Another way to think about all these resurrection stories we read during Eastertide is to think of them as stories of not only Jesus' resurrection, but also the resurrection of the communities that followed Jesus. In every story, I mean every story, the disciples move from this kind of inward-looking fear. You remember they gather in the upper room and they're afraid and they uh, gather in this room that we just uh, joined them in and they're afraid and they've gathered on the beach and they're afraid. And then Jesus shows up and that inward-looking fear turns to some kind of outward-looking action. They go, they go out and do something. When Jesus shows up, his resurrection leads to the disciples' resurrection. And to ours too. Let me conclude by making an observation about doubt and belief. You've heard me say many times from this pulpit that the opposite of faith isn't doubt. No, the opposite of faith is certainty. Because certainty leads to arrogance, certainty leads to rigidity and intolerance. And that, my dear friends, eventually leads to spiritual death. You know, there are way too many folks about whom I could say, he doesn't know what he doesn't know. And that's really a shame, isn't it? Doubt, on the other hand, leads to humility. Doubt, when it doesn't disguise itself as rigid disbelief, The the tragedy of atheism, it seems to me, is that it's just another form of fundamentalism, right? I mean, that that sort of rigid disbelief, that that, uh, inability or refusal to be open to to the mystery of life and to the mystery of what's happening all around us, that's just as as stark as, as fundamentalism. It's its own kind of fundamentalism. But doubt, on the other hand, leads to an openness, a healthy questioning, a wondering that's so often the gateway to astonishment and joy. Doubt, paradoxically, leaves the door open for the Spirit to lead us into new and life-giving places and spaces. I think so many of our biblical stories are meant to astonish us to open our hearts and minds to the mystery and the wonder of the God of all creation, the mystery and the wonder of the foundation of the universe, moving and breathing and animating this living organism, this earth that we're such an important part of. The healing stories, the resurrection stories, these aren't a binary matter of belief or disbelief. No, they expand our horizons of knowing. They open our eyes and open our hearts to see and to feel that we are more than our heads. That there's more to see than just what's right in front of us. 
I was reminded of this yesterday when I uh, presided at a, mem- a memorial service. I, I love the way our, uh, our Book of Common Prayer begins our memorial services. We say in this opening anthem, As for me, I know that my Redeemer lives and that at the last he will stand upon the earth. After my awaking, he will raise me up and in my body I shall see God. I myself shall see, and my eyes behold him who is my friend and not a stranger. God comes to us in a body, and we finally go to God in the body. You know, when I picked up Jules, my baby grandson for the first time, when I crawled around on the floor with him, When I told his wide-eyed big brother a tall tale about what Cornelius the squirrel was doing who lived in Renee's backyard. When I hugged my daughter for the first time in 16 months, I had a deep knowing of the divine presence, a deep knowing of the resurrection. My favorite Easter hymn is now the green blade riseth. It's written by an Anglican priest at the turn of the last century, and I just love it. It captures just the, some of the, the beauty of, of, of Anglican creation-centered spirituality. And here's the last verse. When our hearts are wintry, grieving or in pain, Jesus touch, Jesus touch can call us back to life again. Fields of our hearts that dead and bare have been, love is come again like wheat that springeth green. Amen. For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website at www.stthomasmedina.org.